the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2020 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. You know, it, it's been a while we've been in the studio because uh, the family's been on vacation for a few weeks. We went to see Oklahoma City, Chicago, with some friends of ours. And then we had a couple of events last week. So, you, you know, we really haven't been back in the saddle again. But we're back. And, and for those of you who haven't heard the show before, hey, welcome. Join the club. This show is in two parts. The first part, we usually talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to another without paying taxes, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. And in today's world, it's very important to avoid probate, to avoid going through court. If anybody out there wants to see some of the articles that have been in the newspapers about going through court right now, we can send you a copy. Believe me, when you pass away, and in any event, no matter what happens, you don't want to have to go through court. You want to avoid going through court. And that's part of what we do at Connors & Sullivan. Now, with us right now, besides my wife, Beth, and my Hi, son, everybody. Michael. Hello, everyone. We have Justin Daly. Welcome again to the show, Justin. Thanks for having me, and hello, Radio Land. <laughs> okay, so Justin, t- tell the audience a little bit about your background. Everybody else comes in and talks about what other, they speak three or four other different languages. Where where are you on that? Uh, I, I speak English pretty well. Very um, good. But very uh, unfortunately, He speaks English extremely well, if I may vouch for him. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I am a real estate attorney and also a trust and estate attorney here at Connors & Sullivan been an attorney for about 15 years now. Um, prior to that, I went to undergrad at Arizona State University, and I grew up in New England, but I was born in Michigan. Okay. And do you remember the reason why I interviewed way back when? Yeah, you interviewed me because I had an Eagle Scout on my resume. Right. Absolutely right. You're a good guy. Thank you. Uh, okay, way so back. we usually go through a question right now. You got a question for us? I do. I have a question from Ethel in South Ozone Park. Uh, her question is, my spouse is a foreign person, and he has me as a beneficiary on his investments. Do I have to pay taxes on it because he is not a U.S. citizen? Ordinarily not. We're going to assume that the estate is under $6 million. It's $5,930,000. 
of course, a lot of things are going on in Washington right now. We don't know what the end result is going to be. Um, but the, the, the problem might be in some cases, especially the reverse. If you left something to a non-citizen spouse, it could be subject to a state tax if the estate is over $6 million. Ordinarily, whatever you leave to a spouse is tax-free. But there are certain restrictions if you leave it to a non-citizen spouse. And one of the things we can do in that case is set up what we call a qualified domestic trust. In other words, if the assets are held in the United States, the trustee has to be somebody who's a U.S. citizen. And that way you avoid being the tax. And, of course, one of the ways you avoid being the tax, you apply for citizenship if you can. And right now, you can just keep getting, you know, extensions and extensions and then wait until you become a citizen and that and that way avoid the tax. So, And we've literally done it for years sometimes because the IRS is very liberal in giving extensions when you have a spouse surviving, even if the spouse is not a U.S. citizen. And you're saying you, because they know that the way immigration is going, I guess immigration is not the right word, but <laughs> the way that, you know, um, applications for citizenship are going, it, it takes forever, and it, it's never timely made. So you can get an extension on that. But it, it, here's one of the things. If you are wealthy and you do have a non-citizen spouse, you need to do some planning. You need to do some planning anyway um, because no matter what, like I said right now, you want to avoid going through court. You want to avoid probate. And, and Justin, you deal in real estate. What happens sometimes if you if, if your house goes through probate? Well, right now, because of everything going on with the courts, especially Kings County, um, there's people that haven't been able to sell sell a uh, property because uh, the courts just aren't issuing orders right now. Yeah, so in other words, in some cases, let's say you, you have a parent who dies, leaving the house in two equal shares to two kids, no problems, the two kids get along, they may not be able to sell the house for a couple of years right now. And, and, and as stupid as it sounds, that's the way it is. Well, and even another thing that's even worse is if, it, if there is no will, uh, the court a lot of times will force you to get a bond now, um, which is just another expense, not to even to mention just the delay. And then they will also even ask you to have to further petition the court to remove what are known as restrictions on those letters of administration. So it ends up causing us to effectively have to do two estate proceedings. Yeah, and you know, listen, when I first started practicing law, the bureaucracy wasn't there. Like, in, in other words, if a parent died and there were two kids, whether there was a will or not a will, you, ordinarily you could sell that house within a few months. That's not the way it is today. And and I'm not sure when it changed. I don't think it changed in one day. But the bureaucracy and the rules just kept being added on. And, of course, part of it is people in today's world or the last few years – I think there are more stunts being played today. You know, like I don't have any brothers or sisters. I'm an only child. And then they sell the house and the court finds out that there's a, you know, another child. And they say, hey, wait a minute. We can't let this happen again. So we're going to put this rule in. And things just keep piling on. You know, the court, in effect, feels like they've been burned. In some respects, they haven't been burned. And, and so they start putting rules in. Listen, when I first started practicing in surrogate's court, you didn't even need an original copy of a death certificate to file a will. Now, because who, who would try to probate a will of a guy who's alive? <laughs> but, you know, like I said, the world has changed right now. And, um, you know, there, there I, I would think maybe there's not. Maybe it's just my imagination. But I think there are more forgeries and there are more stunts being played and there are more lies. 
And let's say you have a half-brother or sister, you might be more inclined to say, no, my father didn't have any brothers or sisters besides me. You might be more inclined to say that than you used to because you don't really like your half-brothers and sisters that much or you're not in contact with them. And in your mind, your father didn't have any other brothers. You didn't have any brothers or sisters. And you do. And, and, and of course, that's one of the reasons you want to avoid probate. If we have the assets in a trust, we don't have to go through court. And the person who's the trustee, which is ordinarily going to be some family member, your spouse, son, daughter, you know, trusted nephew or niece is going to be able to sell the property within a, a, a few, literally within a few days after you're gone. We, we've had closings where we signed a contract and the person on the trust died, let's say, on a Friday and we closed on Monday. Now, right now, it's hard to get a death certificate that quick, but it literally has been done. I, we, I had one earlier this year, actually, where they, right before we were scheduling closing, the person passed away. Right. Yeah. And so, but we only had to wait a week. Yeah. Well, the, the, the one I was thinking about is somebody, literally, they died on Friday, but the funeral director, we'll name him by name, Peter Clavin, was on the ball, and he got us a death certificate on Monday. We are able to close on Monday afternoon. So... Uh, you know, Beth, as we were talking about, we have a lot of events and a lot of things were going on. One of the things we, we had was the Western Heritage Hall of Fame dinner in Oklahoma City, and, and I think that was one of the best events we've been at in years. We had so much fun. First of all, it was a road trip, which is just great fun. Um, you missed the beginning. You had to go to Washington, and then you got back, but we met up in Oklahoma City, and... It had been recommended to us to go by the Wayne family. Um, our audience probably, y'all probably know where we're, we've become friends with Patrick Wayne and um, John Wayne's granddaughter, Anita LaCava Swift, who are just lovely people. Um, for years and years and years, uh, the Wayne family has raised money for cancer research because of their father. Their father actually was the one that initiated um being out in public i've got cancer and whatever we can do to try to to work through it and learn about it we have to do so they've been wonderful people and um anita said oh you've got to go to this it's going to be great well we were going to go last year but covid struck us down um so we went this year and the the biggest name on the ticket was robert duvall and George, George Strait was pretty big. Oh, Although George, he, that's what I was going to say. Robert Duvall's speech was much better. Oh, goodness. Well, you you tell him what, um, he's not, what, 91? He's in his 90s. And um, he has... No, his best line of the night is, I don't use a teleprompter. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he ruthlessly, ruthlessly cut into Joe Biden on that one. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But just, you could tell he's... Um, Patriotic's not the right word. He, he appreciates American history, and I think that's one of the reasons he's able to play people from the 19th century so well. He's not trapped in the 20th or 21st century. Right. You know, and, and he knows that the things were different back in the 19th century, and the sense of honor, morality uh, was different back there. And, and he can portray that, whether he's portraying Robert E. Lee or you know, Gus McRae or whatever, which I think he said was his favorite part ever, you know, obviously his most iconic part. But he, he loved playing people from the 19th century in Westerns, and he expressed that. And he enjoys, if you ever see him in person, 
he enjoys bringing that up to him, you know. He, well, people may not realize Gus McRae is from Lonesome Dove. Right, right. Now, I, I just... Now, I, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, Michael, but the one thing, Barry Corbin, who was on our show last year, also was in Lonesome Dove, and he was there at the uh, at the uh, Western Heritage Hall of Fame. He's been inducted already. And those of you, you know, it, Barry Corbin is one of those actors where you may not know his name, but if you see him, you know who he is. He was nominated for a couple of Emmys uh, for the TV show Northern Exposure, but he was in Lonesome Dove. He was in a lot of TV westerns and uh, a very, very good actor. And if you saw Lonesome Dove, he played the deputy to D.B. Sweeney um, chasing after the, you know, he was chasing after him when he when his wife disappeared. D.B. Sweeney's wife disappeared. And I mean, he could he could alternate between being funny and being just deadly serious at the same time. You know, just one at a time, and just a wonderful actor who was underrated. And not enough credit goes to those people who were just the quiet character actors in the background. We have loved those, you know, L.Q. Jones. Yeah, and we got a chance to talk to Bruce Boxleitner. Which I didn't realize till I got home back to Brooklyn. We we looked up IMBD. He's been in 129 uh, different shows. And for those who remember way back, he was in Scarecrow and Mrs. King, and that was like 90 episodes of that. So when you say 129 different shows, Scarecrow and Mrs. King counts as one, and he did 90 episodes of that. Michael, what's the science fiction one he was in? Oh, that was oh, good grief. Um, it wasn't one of the ones that I've watched religiously, but Babylon yeah, something around Battlestar Galactica. Battle, I believe. Was, that was he it. that one? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Babylon. That yes. No. You know, and he was in that, and, and Babylon Five. Excuse me. And he was in a lot of TV westerns, of course. He was in our uh, Ron Maxwell's Gods and Generals film, where he played General Longstreet. Um, because I guess Tom Berenguer or whatever didn't want to reprise his role because it was a minor role in um, Gods and Generals as opposed to being a major role in Gettysburg. But you know what? I, th I think we should take a short break because in a, we're going to be talking about the Catholic Charities Dinner that happened you know, a few days ago. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by Justin Daly. Hi, everyone. My wife, Beth. Me too. My son, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash Once again, call 
800-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Milia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Yep. My son, Michael. Hey, everyone. And Justin Daly. Hello, Radio Land. All right. Now, Justin, you were, you know, you accompanied us to the uh, Catholic Charities Dinner. And, you know, one of the observations I had, if if you guys out there, as Justin said in Radio Land, if you haven't seen Joe Piscopo perform in person, if you get the opportunity, I strongly recommend you do it. I mean, Joe is, as an entertainer, in-person entertainer, he's incredible. I mean, we all know he's good on the radio, but he's incredible as an in-person entertainer. Justin, you have a comment there? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he he keeps everybody engaged, um, and not to mention just when he, he connects with people at a real human level. Like, you know, this was about a charity event for Catholic Charities, and he was just so sincere, like, you know, just talking about himself, like his, you know— how you know his own religiosity, if you if you would. Um, <laughs> well, no, you you're know. right. I think he mean he means what he says, um, and he's he's an excellent singer. Um, were you able to stay long enough to hear him play the drums? I did. He was great. He is. He's just. He, I mean, the the guy Justin was there all. toward the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, some people had to leave, you know, because yeah. at the very end, after this long, long night, he, um, Joe got up there and did this Gene Krupa unbelievable um, set. And everybody, we had people from my table up dancing right in front of him. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, and of course, we got to see a lot of uh, our clergy friends or whatever. Father Paul was there. Well, at my table, um, Father Paul and who Monsignor Noon were at your table, right? Right, right. And my Monsignor ta- Noon is my old pastor, retired pastor. And my table had Father Charlie and um, Father Gillen and um, Father Abel joined us from yeah, from OLA. Oh, my yeah. present pastor. They got a yeah. whole table for OLA, so that yeah. was just one of those extremely. Father Sammy ones. from from India. He's for, he's Listen. OLA. Yeah. Oh. Um. And shout out to the Harb Sisters, my table. Thank you so much. And the Olmsteads, thank you very much. And um, Peggy Eason was there. And you talk about a nice gesture when Joe asked her to come up and sing with him. Does everybody remember the Chocolate Diva? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know who can forget her once you meet her, once you hear her sing and perform. Uh, so it was it was just such a lovely night. And again, Peggy's one of those people who's much better at a live performance than if you hear her on CD or tape or whatever. She's so good. She's much better in person. She's good on, on CDs or tapes, which she's much better when you see her perform and interact and, and so forth. And of course, you know, congratulations to Bishop DiMarzio. Um, finally, he's going to get to his retirement, we hope, in a, oh, in a couple of weeks. You know, he's had a hard... Hard tour duty, 77 years old, still fighting the good fight, still trying to get the job done, and hopefully he'll be able to enjoy a, a restful and long retirement. And, of course, he's still going to be doing things and, and so forth. He's not going to be retired, retired. A priest never retires. But 
you know, he will, you know, he won't be the Bishop of Brooklyn in a couple of months. You know, he's 77 and it's time that he got his chance to retire. And, you know, Monsignor Lepinto and Father Keating, again, they do a great job at Catholic Charities. And you got to thank Marty Golden for this one. And I know sometimes the guy gets a little abuse or whatever, but they raise an awful (laughs) lot of money for Catholic Charities at, at this event. So Anytime you're in politics, there's some enemies out there. But he is, he's a great guy. Um, I mean, we raised almost a million and a half dollars, right? Right, that's the idea. And today in the COVID world, that's good. I think that's a, you know, very, very, very good, you know, accomplishment. So People aren't in the mood to be generous. So Maybe well, some it's hard. can't, you know. You're running a business right now and your business is yeah. not as good as it yeah. used to be. Yeah. It's hard to be generous. You know, you don't know where your next dollar is, is going to be coming from. Meanwhile, you know, Joe made a comment about the dinner, and, and Michael, can we play that for the uh, for the audience? Oh, absolutely. We're going to pull that up right now. I know I'd go from rags to riches. Tony Bennett from Queens, New York. Joe on the radio, 905 on AM 970 The Answer. Great to have you with us. Happy Friday. Happy October, Italian-American month, which we're celebrating all month long. Uh, Joe Sebelius is here doing a great job. Our young producer just... Uh, Really doing a great job. Albert is here, and Debbie is here, and I understand the boss is kind enough to join us in the studio. Jerry Crowley, the living legend for all of radio. Jerry, what are you doing? Good morning, sir. Good and morning. Great to have Good you morning, here, boss. Joseph. I was so energized by your drum set last night. <laughs> I, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask. I mean, I, I could look Thank at my you. records. Thank but, you. No, um, no. No, no. I want to tell the audience, I, I mean, to answer your question, yeah. to you, for you to end up the night, a long night, a difficult night, you're the MC, yeah. you're bouncing in between <laughs> priests and clergy and donors, right? You, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. managing the stage, not easy. <laughs> and then you're the UIV entertainment. Then at the end of the night, and you knocked everybody's socks off, I'll tell you that, but at the end of the night, when you did that drum set, that was so impressive. Oh, I thanks. I had the cardiac defibrillator standing by, <laughs> just because what, what I day? don't want to go through the problem of getting another morning man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, boss? You're absolutely what. That's the way I want to go out on the drums at the end of the night. Boom! He went down on, on the drums on the stage. Maybe yeah. being attended to by a couple of interns, Joe. Who knows? Yeah. Oh. Not a bad oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You're a, Jerry, you know what? I saw you there, and I, I, we're on the stage, and we're at the uh, Catholic Charities for Brooklyn and Queens. And and this was all station-driven because Mike Connors has been such a good friend, and you've taught me uh, going into radio how always to appreciate the sponsors like family, like and we which we do. And Mike's been with us, and Beth, and young Michael, and you were at the table, and you were there. And yet I saw you stay there. And we, you, you, you kind of supported us, and everybody from the station supported those of us on stage. And I'll tell you what, it just it grew and it grew and it grew. And did you like, by the way, me and the and my police friend Luigi jumping up and doing that's life together? That How was, great, was was that fun? Or I what, huh? I think the audience <laughs> went to a new high on that. That you was know, amazing. You know, here's a cop for 25 years, undercover cop, uh, serving this uh, city. So so. Uh, it's such a great valor, and we're on stage singing. But Jerry, I pre- I, pre- I, I, 
there, that's that's you. That's more more people calling to advertise on the show. That's good for good. Bring it on. Uh, well, look. Let me tell you this uh, about supporting people. Mike Connors gives of his time, energy, and yeah, and yeah. funds to support all the stuff that you know and don't know, and I don't know that he does. He's yeah, a true yeah, yeah. city hero. The fact that you jump in and support him, I mean, that's yep. why you were there. You were there to support right. him and Catholic Charities, but that's he's right. the right guy. That's who we want. But I'll tell you one thing about Mike Connors, Joe. Yeah, he yeah. gave a speech that was the epitome of how to speak at a public event. Short, to the point, and <laughs> delivered one message. You're I can't right. say that about everybody. Well. Short to the point. No, and I'm, I mean, really, he's a pro. Yeah, and he, you use him personally, and so do I, and that's yeah, the kind yeah, of guy you yeah. want. And so we were there, and then uh, they did a beautiful tribute to our friend uh, Rod Gilbert, who has been a close personal friend of mine, and everything was great. But you know what was exciting for me to be on the drums, to your point, boss, was with the great John Cleani, the cat at the piano. You know, he's internationally renowned in the jazz circles. Now, here I am. He's kind enough. He came on as a favor to me, and he's up there, and that was the joy of playing with those dedicated jazz cats on stage. And then by the end of the night, everybody's going like, whoa. This, I mean, it, it just we just just drove that room up. But what a great night! And just to have you there, though, watching us on stage, Jerry. Thanks for well, staying. Well, that, that's the yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you what, to the audience, if you ever want Joey Benefit to come, let me <laughs> let me tell you, they raised well over a million bucks. That's right. That's right. I think a lot of that is due to Piscopo being wow. in the room, wow. and that's what you get when you get Joey Benefit. It's Joey, true. Hey, I got it's it. Fabulous. I, I got my tuxedo. My tuxedo's locked and loaded. <laughs> Ready but, to know, go? No, it, and, how, and it was great with all the, um, the the Catholic bashing, if you will, uh, Jerry. You know, the Catholic bashing and everything. And here we were uh, helping out not only just Catholics, Catholic charities helping out. Did you see the video? And I was talking to the Monsignor Lopinto about that, how they gave out dinners. And there's not enough dinners to give out. There's so many people in need. And, you know, and it's Catholic Charities that steps up. So you're right. It was close to a million and a half, thank God, that uh, we raised last night. Well, look, our, our uh, religion, we're both Catholic, is subject to criticism, and rightfully so sometimes. But what you can't yeah. criticize is Catholic Charities. That is right. the That's best right. of the breed. And they did a great job. And if you listen to Mike Connors, and then I'll be, I'll, I'll be quiet. You listen to Mike Connors, he centered on one thing. Give priests back the respect that they're owed. Yeah. You might have yeah. one bad priest in the barrel, but that's think right. about the lifetime that they give to the community and the family. So that's yeah. what he said. It was very, very poignant to me. Anyway, Mr. congratulations. Crowley, you, Thank you. you. You're the man who no. brought us all together. You bring John Katsimatidis and I together, and you. the media in New York now is at an all-time high. And, and Jerry, honestly, uh, you know, we've known each other. We joke. We bust chops. You were very funny, by the way, on the cruise. Thanks for busting my chops. You notice I just took the jokes <laughs> like a man, didn't I, though? You, huh? you, well, I made one subtle <laughs> hit, something about multiple marriages. I'm not sure what it was. But, 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 but speak was, about the cruise. Yeah, now, yeah. now I've done this twenty years, okay, and I've done them ten years with you. And 10 was years. that your original idea, by the way? Yeah, my original idea, yeah, absolutely. Great idea. And I've always done it with the Atlantis and Captain Fred. Yeah, he yeah. steps his game up each time, yeah. and I'll tell you what. Yeah. He's great. Before we go into it, he says to me each time, "What can I do for Joe?" He yeah. respects what uh -oh. you bring to that cruise. Oh, 
man, thank you, boss. I tell you, it was great. It was so when we walked in, and you walked in. This is the station cruise we're talking about. We call it the schmoo. I call it the schmooze cruise, and it's all the clients. And we go in, and when you walked on, and you saw that dining room, beautifully appointed like that. I thought I was in like a five star hotel when we walked in. Captain Fred did a great job, man. You really can't did. find better anywhere, and for the price, forget about it. Terrific. Ah. Well, and it was great. So thank you for that. Right, and buddy. thank you for all that you do for the media in New York, New York. Jerry, you're the guy. Thank we you. appreciate it. Bless and, you. And right, we love boss. you, Joe. We love Lo- you. Another love 10 you. years, buddy. So <laughs> let's sign the contract. <laughs> thank you, boss. Love you, you back, all man. Right. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you so much. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Our next guest, I always remember him as Roscoe from Lonesome Dove. I think he really gave a great performance in that show, but he's been in hundreds of other shows. Our next guest, Barry Corbin. Welcome to Connors Corner. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's, it's good to hear from you. Now, we were talking before. You grew up in, in West Texas or you grew up in Lubbock? Love it, yes, sir. I was born in Dawson County, about 60 miles south of there, and we moved to Lubbock when I was in the second grade. And, you know, where, where'd you end up going to college? I went to Texas Tech. Okay. So, I mean, those of you don't know. I also went to, went to uh, the University of Colorado in Boulder and uh, also North Carolina State University in Raleigh. So. Okay. I was on the faculty there, but I was never graduated from anything. <laughs> what were you on the faculty there? <laughs> what did you do on the faculty there? Uh, well, uh, actually, I didn't teach anything. I was an actor in the theater there. They had a, a guest artist uh, uh, deal. They had a uh, musician. For, uh, they, they didn't have an arts department, so they wanted to expose these kids to to the arts, and so I was one of the actors in the in the uh, company. All right, so okay, you 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 grow up a, a Texas boy. How do you get into acting? Well, I don't know. I always wanted to do it when I was a little kid. I loved, uh, I'd go to those westerns at the Majestic Theater, and I thought, well, I could do that. I knew I didn't want to be a, a real cowboy because they were, have to work too hard, but I could uh, probably be a pretend cowboy. So that's what I what I aspired to do, and then I got uh, then I switched off into uh, classical theater and did that for a while, and didn't get into the movies until I was nearly forty. All right, now you say classical theater. What were you doing? Where were you? Uh, New York uh, and uh, all up and down the East Coast. What kind of parts did you play in the classical theater? Uh, well, I did uh, everything from Shakespeare to uh, Neil Simon. I did all all of it. I did uh, also some musical comedy a little bit. 
All right. So now how, how do you make the transition then to, to TV and movies and films? Uh, well, what happened was I decided to move to California because uh, New York was getting hard to live, live in. We had that uh, blackout in 77, and uh, it, uh, all the stuff in my refrigerator rotted. So I said, well, let's, get, let's go to California. So we went out there, and it took me a couple of years to get started, but the first uh, big uh, movie I did was Urban Cowboy, and that kind of kicked me off. Now, you want to refresh the audience? What was Urban Cowboy about? Well, it was uh, about a nightclub in uh, Texas, Gillies. Uh, John Travolta played in it right after he did uh, Saturday Night Fever. It was uh, Deborah Winger's first big break, and uh, Scott Glenn and uh, had, uh, oh, let's see, Jim Gammon was in it, uh, and... Uh, Oh, there's a bunch of good people in there, but uh, most of them were not known yet. You know, they got to be known later. And you played, you played Uncle Bob. That's right. Yeah. And what 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 was that part about? Well, I was uh, the the uh, uh, uncle of John Travolta. He came into came down to uh, Houston to work in the chemical plants and uh, I introduced him to the nightclub and then I taught him how to ride the mechanical bull. I'd been a, a bull rider when I was younger and uh, so that was uh, that was kind of the part I played. It was uh, I finally got killed in the thing and some woman in the premiere started crying right in front of me. I said, that's all right, honey, I'm right here. She jumped up, ran out of the pit. <laughs> now, like I said, what I think what a lot of our listeners remember is Lonesome Dove because people watched that over and over again. Uh, again, for the audience, this is radio. If they saw you, they'd know who you're playing. But who did you play in yeah. that? Who did you play in, in that series? And how did you get the part? And what what what's your recollections of it? Well, I read the book. It was a uh, it was a uh, big book, uh, and uh, I read it and I thought, well, they're going to make a miniseries out of that. So I went and told my agent. I said, I I want to be in this thing, no matter what part it is. I just want to be in it. And uh, it turned out that they, by the time they did the miniseries, they were casting it, and they forgot that I said that so they didn't they didn't put me up for it but the producers wanted to see me so they called me in uh they'd seen me in something else I guess and they called me in to read for a part for the part of Roscoe Brown who was a kind of kind of like a, a man child he was a uh you know, he's a middle-aged man but he had the brain of a, of a child he was innocent and uh sort of uh, backward in his thinking. So uh, I played that. I played that part. And uh, ended up getting killed with two other kids. The bad guy, Blue Duck, the the, the uh, renegade uh, half-breed. He was an Indian, half-Indian and half-white and had all the, all the bad attributes on both sides. <laughs> 
and none of the good. So he he killed he killed three kids really basically, and uh, so that was uh, that was that. The good thing about that movie was that I uh, I said I didn't care what part it was, but I got the best part in the movie because I got I, I shot the first three weeks, and uh, I was. Uh, uh, they did all my stuff in Texas, and then they brought they they let me go for, for I guess three months. I guess I, I think it's about three months, three or four months. And I went and did uh, two other movies, and came back and finished it up uh, toward the end. Everybody was very happy when we started. When I came back, everybody was uh, pretty tested, wanting to fight each other. You know, they were all mad. And I asked Tim Scott, who played P.I., what uh, what had happened, and he just he said two words. He said uh, cattle drive. <laughs> and I I thought, well, I had the best part in this thing because I got to be in it, but I didn't have to mess with any cattle. So that was good. Except you got killed. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's oh, that I got good. Killed. <laughs> well, I get killed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've I died probably more than uh, half the people in America. <laughs> How many times do you think you died? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I never have counted it up. <laughs> we should do a count of that someday. Now, now, I think a lot of people remember you, too, from Northern Exposure. You want to tell the, the audience about that TV series? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was originally a summer replacement. They only uh, ordered eight episodes, so uh, we uh, didn't have any uh, any idea that it'd go on as long as it did. But uh, they uh, ordered eight episodes, and they had it uh, uh, where they could uh, order more if they had to do it within a certain length of time. And they aired those eight episodes, and they didn't pick up much. People don't watch television in the summer much. And uh, so they canceled. They had a show, another show that they canceled in the middle of uh, the first, uh, like in the fall. They did like they showed four episodes of it and then canceled it. And they brought Northern Exposure in as uh, as a replacement. The eight episodes we'd already done, and it became a runaway hit. And so they uh, called up and they ordered the. Uh, 20 more episodes and then uh, it kept growing so they ordered more and more and more and uh, I played a retired astronaut who went to Alaska and bought a town I bought the radio station and the newspaper and uh, I, you know I was kind of the king of the town I thought but the old people in the town disagreed with me they never would vote for me for mayor but I was the head of the town council. <clears throat> but it was a, uh, it was a fun show. It was uh, a little different, and uh, they tried to sort of repeat it later on with uh, some other shows. Had a doctor go to Jamaica to pay off his his uh, medical bills and stuff. But uh, none of it worked. This was just a kind of a magical thing that they got the right cast together, the right writers, and the right, uh, everything just fell into place with it. Now, you were nominated for two Emmys for that show, am I right? 
yes. Yeah. Just curious, who did you yeah, lose was, to? Well, the first time I lost to uh, 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 Pybus Finkel, who was in uh, uh, that uh, school show uh, set in Boston. He was the uh, teacher in that. And he uh, he won it, and I sent him a note said uh, said, "Dear Mister Finkel, I if I have to lose lose somebody, I'm glad I lost to you." As my friend Ben Johnson said when he got his Academy Award, it couldn't happen to a nicer fella. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I lost to him. And then the next time I lost was to Chad Lowe. He played a I think an AIDS patient or something. I think he died. That's a good way to get an award if you die, you know. Yeah. And uh, Chad played my son in a thing called uh, Flight 90 Disaster on the Potomac about a plane crash. And uh, so I'd known him for a while. I, I said, you know, you shouldn't treat your daddy that way. Now, you said your friend Ben Johnson. Did you ever work with Ben Johnson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, uh, toward the end of his life, we were very close friends. We worked together in uh, in a couple of things. We we really did more uh, working as uh, charity rodeos and, uh, and really working on screen together. But we did a couple of movies together, what TV movie? movies. TV movies. Do you remember which ones? Uh, one of them was called Chase, and uh, another one was called uh, Stranger on My Land. I think Eminent Domain was what they finally called it when it came out. And uh, I think those were the only two movies we did. We kept talking about doing movies together, but we never did get around to it. Well, let me ask you, looking back on your career, if, if you had to ask – if Somebody asked you, what film best represents the acting abilities of Barry Corbin? What would you tell him? Uh, well, I'd tell him whatever the next one is. Now, that's always going to be your best part is the next one. But looking back from now, what, 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 what performance are you most proud of that you'd like people to remember you for? Well, I think uh, probably Lonesome Dove would be up there and uh, – uh, war games, I get a lot of, of uh, comments on. And then uh, there was one called Conniger that I'm fond of because I learned something new on that when I had to learn how to drive six horses and stagecoach. <laughs> now, that was with Sam Elliott, right? Yeah, Sam yeah, Elliott yeah. and Catherine Hoff. Do you like doing westerns or is it just a job? Oh, I love doing westerns. I wish they'd do more of them. Matter of fact, I'm reading the script right now, written by the guy who wrote Conniger. And uh, I hope we can get it done. I don't know that we can, but uh, there. It's hard to get them done anymore because um, we've got a bunch of MBAs out there from Harvard and Yale who. Uh, who want to make deals, they don't particularly care to make movies. They'd rather make deals so they can scrape some of the money off the top, you know. So they make these uh, these uh, uh, romantic movies because they're cheap to make. Westerns are more expensive now because they have fewer horses and fewer wagons and 
all the equipment's going away. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard that before. I'm surprised because you think of Western, you know, you think about some of the old-time Westerns, and it seemed like they were made pretty cheaply. But, yeah, I guess there are not as many stuntmen and horses and wagons and and costumes even. Well, in the old days, most of the riding actors were actually cowboys. Uh, like Ben Johnson was a cowboy before he went into the movies. And uh, they, uh, they'd work for $15 a, wet, a, a day in a sandwich, you know. <laughs> now they, they won't do that anymore. <laughs> you, you got people who really, who they, they've learned their lesson. They want a little piece of the pie, too. Now, you, you know, looking at IMBD, you're working on some projects right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just finished uh, an episode of uh, Lone Star Nine One One or Nine One One Lone Star. I can't ever remember which comes first. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a new uh, it's a new thing. It's a spinoff of Nine One One, which takes place in in Los Angeles. <clears throat> and this one takes place in Texas, but they're shooting it in Los Angeles, so I had to go out there. To do that. I don't go out there anymore unless I unless they pay me to. Well, I assume they pay you all the time, but that's. Well, I assume they well, pay I you do all. Okay. All right. I uh, yeah. I hope you're not doing this for free. Not that. <laughs> no, no. I do some of these uh, some of these low budget things. You know, the young kids get decide to get together. Want to do one? Sometimes I need an old man. And I'll come in and do it to scale, but. You know that's that's not not my usual deal. Well, listen, thank you for coming on our show. You know, some of us like well, our old Western fans really enjoy your performances. Well, you know, it's uh, uh, it, it's interesting because everywhere I go, if I'm in England or if I'm in uh, if I'm in Asia, if I'm in New York, or Chicago, anywhere, people come up to me and say, "When are you going to make another Western?" It's uh, it, they're they're popular everywhere, except in Hollywood. People there don't want to make them. Well, man, I don't, I don't understand the deal. I don't either. But you know what? What can you say? Hey, wait a minute, Oklahoma City. You're going to be one of the presenters at the uh, yeah. at the museum there. What are you, who are you going to present? What award to? Uh, I I don't know. I never know till I get there. I that I know they're putting in. Uh, Bob Duvall for uh, Lifetime Achievement, and uh, Kurt Russell for uh, the uh, uh, the uh, what what do they call that uh, Western uh, Actor Award? The uh, life it's, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award too. I got that a couple of years ago. So uh, and Sam and uh, Sam Elliott, and Catherine Ross presented it to me. But I don't know who I'm going to be presenting to. I may be presenting to the writer or something. I don't know. It just depends on the choose. Okay. Well, we plan on going, so maybe we'll see you there. And let me ask you, Robert Duvall, we got to say something since he's getting the What was it like to work with Robert Duvall? And, and, you know, some people say he's the greatest actor they ever worked with. Well, he's a, he's good. Uh, and But I didn't work with him, really. I didn't have too much to do with, uh, okay. with him. Uh, we had one scene where we crossed, but we didn't really talk to each other. 
and I, you know, I've, I've talked to him a little bit since we, you know, off and on at various things, but, uh, he's a nice fella and I'd like to work with him, but, uh, we didn't actually get to work together that much. Yeah. Because I, well, okay. When blue duck kills you, he's killing blue ducks gang, but you're not, you're not in the same scene, I guess, yeah. huh? <laughs> well, he, he, uh, he takes my horse cause he kills his horse, you know? And out there, when Blue Duck's trying to kill him, he gets behind his horse, and uh, his horse dies. So he comes in with a saddle and takes my horse to go go get Blue Duck. And he rode my horse the rest of the show. But uh, that's the only thing we had to do with each other. I don't think I, I don't think I had any lines with him at all. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. But you know, that's sometimes when you watch something. I once spoke to an actress who was uh, she never met one of the co-stars in the in the whole yeah. film because she was shooting her scenes in uh, New York and he was shooting his scenes in California, even though sometimes they're on the other side of the same door. Yeah, well, I did uh, I did a movie called Nothing in Common with uh, Tom Hanks and Jackie Gleason. People asked me what I thought of Jackie Gleason. I said, I never met the man. I don't know which I never did, but we were in uh, in the same movie together. A lot of times you're in a movie with somebody and you never, you never cross paths with them. Barry, thank you very much for being on our show. Hope, maybe I'll, I'll hope to run across you in, in Oklahoma City this April. Well, be sure and come up and say hi. I will. We'll be, we'll be there. Okay. Thank you for coming on the show. Really and appreciate tell it. Tell your listeners to write to those producers in California and tell them to make more westerns. I'll, we'll do that. There's no question about that one. I'd love to see more westerns. Okay, thank you. Thanks for coming Thanks on, again. Mr. Corbin. Yeah, thank you All very right. much. If you're ever in, if you're ever Texas Tech, my brother-in-law is the uh, chancellor there. What's his name? Ted Mitchell. Ted Mitchell. Okay, yep. well, I'll keep keep my mind I'll, I'll keep my eye out for him i don't get up there too much but yeah okay well i think he's coming okay. oklahoma he's coming to oklahoma city this year so you know good. good we'll we'll see if you're there uh you know i guess we're at the end of another show uh mr kincaid is gonna come on in a couple of minutes and sing our way home but it was in a very eventful month of september for us between the western heritage hall of fame dinner the Catholic Charities event where we raised $1.5 million for Catholic Charities in Brooklyn and Queens. And you were the honoree, might I add. Okay, well. And we had a lovely time. Chicago Toy Soldier Show. That's right. Toy Soldier, it was a possibly, big show. Possibly the most important thing that happened in the entire <laughs> past month. Yeah, well, there's a lot of interesting, you know, like we, we find out now there are guys in Europe that are printing... 3D, and I'm not sure how it works, but they're printing 3D rosin figures off their computers, off their printers. Well, that I mean, we're we we have to admit we are thinking of getting a 3D printer ourselves, and those have fascinated with, me for years, yeah, right? Yeah, because all you have to do is just buy a digital file from some wonderfully talented artist, and then you print it out yourself with a little bit of raw material and. All of a sudden, you have something just beautiful sitting right there in the palm of your hand. In the meanwhile, we didn't. We talked a little bit about estate planning today, but Michael, if somebody has an estate planning question, where do they send it to? 
that would go to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Okay, again, you know, we're closing it off, but if you have those questions, you know, send it to us. You can always call us at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't forget Father Paul. He'll be on very soon. I think next week maybe we'll have Father Paul on again. But thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. we see you next week at the same places and time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.